Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I am overjoyed to be with you. Well, let's just take a moment here to settle in together, um, our hearts connected through distance and love for Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable to you, O God, my Redeemer and provider, sustainer, and leader. Amen. Let us say a prayer together. We pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works just like our beloved Jesus. Amen. So our reading this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 14. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves, called those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. They made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then, he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? He was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot. Throw him in the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. This is, for me, one of the most challenging parables that Jesus tells, and I like it for that reason, um, even though it's a struggle. There's just so much meat in it and so much that I don't like. I do not like. I do not like how people are rejected. I do not like how people are murdered. I do not like how people are thrown out into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I sure don't like many are called, but few are chosen. So I'm just going to lay that on the line to begin with, because I, I find when I feel that way and I'm struggling with readings, it's not about struggling to try to make the readings acceptable. It's about struggling to hear the very best I can of a God of love that I know and I don't know. So with that being said, I'd like to talk about the man without the wedding garment. The story has a lot in it about uh, being invited and about accepting and receiving and uh, and how uh, how you get to be in the celebration. And sometimes when we 
are reading this, we can forget that Jesus is using this story to compare to the kingdom of heaven. And I want to draw a line to there that the king Jesus is saying all along throughout his whole his whole journey, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here now. He's talking about himself bringing this new way of life in that is not at all the same as the life that we live in the regular everyday world. It's entering into a spiritual uh, place, a, a spiritual kingdom where we see with different eyes and we love in different ways and we think in different ways. So I, we have to see that this parable is extremely important from the perspective of how do we get into the kingdom and how do we stay in the kingdom and appreciate the kingdom and, and have it be have it be our life as we walk in this world. That's the promise and the gift and the invitation that we have. So this man uh, who doesn't have the wedding garment on, we need to back up and say first that it's not, it wouldn't have been strange back then for people to understand the idea of wedding garments being given to you when you got to the wedding for you to put on and wear into the wedding instead of wearing your own clothes. Back in that day, and there's many of verses in, in scriptures that can give us a pointing to this idea that this was a piece of culture. Um, the wealthy and the royalty had many, many rich and beautiful clothes and had all kinds of garments. And so when they would have a celebration or had different meetings for different purposes, they would have their garments given to the people that were going to meet with them so that they would be in the proper attire when they were meeting with the people that had invited them. So it would not be, um, it would be easy for the people back there to understand what Jesus was talking about, the idea that everyone had on a wedding garment except for this one person. So Imagine yourself at this wedding and you've, you've decided to say yes and you come in and they hand you your garment, whatever it is, and you know, and you put your garment on and you go into the wedding feast and you look around and everybody looks like you. Everybody has the same kind of garment on and everyone's enjoying the day. They're enjoying the celebration. They're enjoying being together and they're all in the same garment. And then there's one person you can see who doesn't have his garment on. Now, the point is, is that how did he get in? I'm going to suggest to you that he got in. He was given a garment to put on to come into the celebration. And then with the garment in hand or maybe even on, when he got into the celebration, he decided to take the garment off. Now, the reason I say that is I love to be a detective is because think about this for a minute. First off, how could he have gotten into the wedding uh, feast if he didn't have one? If everybody else there had one and they couldn't kind of get in, there was a gatekeeper, they couldn't get in without their garment. He had to have had a garment to get into the room, which would mean that if he had the garment to get in to the celebration, then he had to himself personally choose to take it off. So you can tell that this must have happened as well because that it might that it probably that Jesus meant for us to think it happened that way from this perspective. When the king says to him, friend, why don't you have your garment on? The man's speechless. Well, if the man had never received a garment at the door to come in, he could have easily said to the king, Sir, I was not given a garment, but Jesus doesn't put the story that way. He says the man was speechless, which means that the king read in, and maybe you could even picture this. The king is standing there asking him, friend. How did you get in without your garment? And he looks down, he sees the garment maybe by the side of the man's feet. And then he says, bind him up and throw him out. So we have to see 
that Jesus is saying that there's some kind of garment that we have to wear to be in the kingdom. Now, that means that we basically have to sacrifice in some way our own identity, who we are, who we think we are in the world, in order to put on an identity that matches who God sees us as, right? I mean, first we have to see that. So the garment that we put on is the garment we say, yes, I will, I will relinquish my image of myself in the world, and I will take on the image that God sees of me, and I will, I will live that image in the world. So that's kingdom living. So in, in, our, in, our, in, in our ritual of baptism is all about that idea of being baptized in, being made new, uh, putting on the garment of God's love. So we can see that this, this garment is so big because it's about love. It's about transformative love, being willing to surrender into it and trust it. So, all right, so let's just say that we, could, we can take that assumption. But now let's just take the next idea. And just imagine that why would anybody take off their garment? What would be the reason that anyone would take off their garment? Well, I don't know about you, but um, weddings lasted a long time then. And let's just say our wedding garment is something that we wear from the minute. If Jesus is talking about the kingdom, we put on our wedding garment as our wedding to Christ, our wedding to the love of God. Um, our transformation to this new person. And, and, and so we're meant to keep it on and wear it as a mark of who we are and identity and to live our life through it. But you know, it's a long haul and ups and downs happen and difficulties happen. And I think one of the reasons that we might not imagine that our garment is that valuable to us is that it feels like maybe sometimes uh, we don't really full, feel the full gift of that love. We don't feel the full beauty of that garment on us in the midst of our sorrows and our struggles. And sometimes even in the midst of our celebration, we forget we have the garment on, or maybe it feels constricting. So metaphorically speaking, imagine that if we, that, that our garment is our constant gratitude towards everything that God gives us every day in love. We, that we can't get for ourselves. The wedding garment, you can't go buy it. You have to have it given to you by the king. And then imagine all the love and all the goodness and all the wisdom we have, if we're truly, sincerely honest about it, isn't anything that we can get on our own. We can be smart on our own, but we can't have the insight of love and compassion that we have in Christ without the help of God, without the garment, the help of God. And we need to see the preciousness of it. And we need to care for it. And we want, need to want to wear it all the time and have it be a real part of us. So metaphorically speaking, imagine that what we're talking about is falling more and more deeply in love with God through Christ every day by intentionally wearing this garment of love that's been given to us and allowing it to protect us and clothe us and allowing ourselves to grow into the beauty of the representation of that love in the world. Just picture that. Sometimes we can lose that. And I want to ask you today, do you think maybe you have not been appreciating your garment as much as you could? I know I haven't. Maybe, maybe you've even taken it off and put it to the side for a while. Maybe it's time to put it back on. I don't know. I have this beautiful song. It's about six minutes long for you to listen to. And I think it's all about the garment. And I want you to, I want to invite you to please really take the time to talk to God today about whether or not you're wearing your wedding garment. And if you are, you need some tailoring or you need some help so that you can really appreciate how really beautiful it is and what a rich gift it is to you in your life.
Have a great week. I hope your garment's glowing when I see you. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever say ever breathe we live for you we live for you holy there is no one like you there is none besides you open up my eyes in wonder and show
Those of 